Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Welcome back. And, uh, well, we're all concerned about the debt ceiling, but what is it? Well, very timely for us to have back, and we are honored to do so. Uh, Dr. Samuel Gregg, he is the Distinguished Fellow in Political econ uh, Economy and the Senior Research Faculty at the American uh, Institute for Economic Research. He's the author of 17 books, including his latest one, The Next American Economy, Nation, State, and Markets in an Uncertain World. And you may want to check that out. By the way, his website is AIER.org, AIER.org. Dr. Craig, thanks for your time. Good to see you again. How are you? Harry, it's good to be with you again. Thank you. Thank you. The debt ceiling. Help us common folk <laughs> to understand what is the debt ceiling. Okay, that's a long subject. So let me try and sum it up very quickly. The, the debt ceiling is essentially the amount of public debt that the federal government is allowed to incur under legislation. So the federal government literally can't do whatever it wants. It can't spend literally whatever it wants. It certainly can't spend in terms of debt what literally whatever it wants. It's legislatively uh, limited. So the public debt, when it reaches a certain level, and it likes you to go over the legislative level, you need new legislation that will effectively um, increase that debt level. So we're getting to the point now where we're getting very close to the uh, allowed debt level of America's public debt. And uh, if authorization is not given to increase that debt level, then the United States government will effectively be put in a position where it starts to default on loans, on payments it owes to foreign investors as well as American investors, those people who buy things like government bonds, etc. So we go through this exercise uh, quite a lot now because federal government spending continues to increase. It's been increasing for a very long time, which means we keep running up against this debt limit. And of course, that is an occasion for people on both sides of the aisle to use this as a way of trying to negotiate or at least push particular priorities when it comes to spending. Because we do not want the United States government to go into default on any of its loans, on any of its payments that it owes. We don't want that to happen. That would be very bad for the United States, its credit rating in the world's markets, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's also a very good occasion, as I said, for people in Congress and as well as in the White House to either seriously reflect upon things like, well, why are we spending so much? Why do we keep taking out so much debt? Uh, or, unfortunately, as I think we're seeing now, it's also an occasion for a fair amount of performative exercises by Democrats and Republicans as they're jockeying, jockeying for position to basically either show that they are the party that really cares, uh, either about those in need, or they are the party that really cares about fiscal responsibility. So we've, been, we've had this rodeo before several times now over the past uh, decade. And I suspect we'll be having more of these in the future. But that's what the public debt is. 
And that's some of the political dynamics that surround it. If you just deal with economics, <laughs> plain economics, it appears to me we have a government that prepares a budget based upon raising the debt ceiling and have never looked at a balance sheet. <laughs> well, I think that it's fair to say that what we're seeing is an over-reliance upon public debt to cover the gap between spending and revenue. So the federal government keeps expending more and more money. And that, of course, was increased during the COVID period. We all know that. And it's not unusual for governments to increase the amount of spending beyond what they bring in in revenue in times of national emergency. I mean, that's what the public debt was initially set up to do. So that when, for example, the United States went to war in World War One and World War Two, it could pay for equipping its armies, of shifting its economy into a war economy situation, etc. That's what public debts are for. They're for these types of emergency situations and also things like uh, you need to build certain types of public works at particular times and maybe you don't have enough revenue to cover it at that particular point in time. The public debt was never meant to become a get-out-of-jail card for the failure of government to either restrain its spending or to ensure that there is sufficient revenue coming into the government coffers. So the government is spending lots and lots of money. It is not covering this spending with uh, revenue, by which I mean taxes, obviously. And so we find ourselves where uh, both, both sides of politics resort to the debt, the public debt, to cover that gap between spending and revenue. And it, after a while, that gets to the point where you start running into this legislated limit on how much you're allowed to spend by way of public debt. And that's why we find ourselves in this curious and very strange and very unfortunate situation today. In preparing for this battle, and it's always emotional, um, do we have any means I don't know if the word means is right. Do we have, are we planning anywhere down the road to reduce the debt? <laughs> I mean, we can borrow more money. It's a mystery to me that somebody would buy a negative, but apparently it is marketable. But the point being is, we don't seem to be thinking about sooner or later we have to pay it back. Yes. And of course, that is one of the points of the public debt is that by paying it down, you actually enhance the credit worthiness of the United States. Now, lots of people are prepared to buy um, more public debt because they rightly uh, make the bet that the United States economy is, generally speaking, a very good financial investment, particularly compared to the alternatives that exist around the world right now. But we haven't been in the business of paying down the public debt since Bill Clinton, right? a Democrat president who was the last president to really substantially reduce in any meaningful way the level of public debt. But really, since the late 1990s, early 2000s, there's been this continued acceleration of of debt, and some of that was due to the financial crisis, some of that was due to the uh, pandemic, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that this very basic problem of not meeting spending with revenue. And at some point, we do need to pay this down because the interest payments mm. 
could at some point become particularly burdensome. In fact, we're already paying out a lot in terms of just interest payments on the public debt, and we're borrowing money to pay down interest on the public debt. So in the very long term, that is not a very healthy situation for the United States economy or for America's public finances. We're just lucky that our economy is so big. We're just lucky that it is so dynamic compared to other economies that so many people continue to be willing to invest in uh, the American economy and to buy up government debt. That's what keeps things ticking over. But at some point, and I'm not the only one saying this, there will come a point where some investors start to get spooked and say, you know, I just don't think that this is likely to be a good investment in the future if the United States doesn't do something about its levels of public spending. So at the end of the day, uh, Dr. Greg, it's possible that um, mandates that are mandated to be funded versus mm -hmm. this increased interest payment, those two alone could swallow us up. Well, it's already the case that most public spending is on, from the federal government certainly, is from or on things like Social Security and Medicare. That's how, these things take up a huge proportion of uh, the federal government's spending. Then, of course, there's defense spending. And there's only a very, actually a very tiny bit of the federal government's uh, budget that actually consists of what's called discretionary spending. Most public spending is basically settled. Uh, it's not much that Congress can really do about it right. unless it's actually willing to tackle some of those mandated spendings and say things like, well, we're going to try and reform Social Security or we're going to try and reform Medicare. But the, the troubling thing I find is that both sides of politics right now have basically declared Social Security and Medicare to be uh, third rails that may not be discussed, that there'll be no consideration of substantially reforming these things. So this is not just coming from the left. We're hearing people on the right say this as well. Yeah. And that's what I worry about, the lack of political will to deal with this particular question. Now, if you poll Americans, they'll tell you that they're concerned about it. There's no question about that. But when it comes to actually doing something about it, which means you must tackle these mandated areas, well, that takes you into very politically tricky territory because anyone proposing reform is going to be labelled uh, someone who's willing to push their mother off a cliff, which yeah. is exactly what happened last time, as I'm sure you and your, your viewers will remember. Right, exactly. Uh, one other question, uh, Dr. Craig, and let me say to our viewers and listeners, check out his new book called The Next American Economy, and uh, you can Google that online and check it out. All right. Um, I don't know what is your economic forecast for 2023, but uh, are we in recession? Are we going to be in recession? We're in inflation. I mean, uh, I have to tell you this, as much as the numbers suggest, it doesn't feel secure. What's your take? Well, I think your feeling is basically right. And the thing that, that I think most influences people in this regard is the real drop in their actual income. So once you take inflation into account, what that means is that most people's wage and salary increases are being cancelled out by inflation. So at the moment, the average American has lost 0.5% of their income. So they are feeling the effects of inflation 
in a very real way when they go and they buy things. We all see this. So are we in a recession? Are we headed for an economic downturn? We might be. I mean, I'm very reluctant to sort of engage in that type of forecasting because so much forecasting in this this respect turns out to be false. But I do think it is clear that a lot of Americans rightly believe that their living standards have been eroded. Mm -hmm. And that's particularly true for people on uh, the lower end of the income scale. I think that they're genuinely feeling a reality that is very much driven by the inflationary environment in which we're still existing, right? Because even though inflation has come down, it's still relatively high. And it's particularly impacting those goods that are the types of goods that people on the lower incomes of the scale tend to expend more money on. So things are not good economically. That I think is very clear. And whether we, whether or not we have a, a recession, that's going to depend upon a lot of different factors. But the state of the American economy is just not very good right now. All right. Let me suggest you check out his book called The Next American Economy, Nation, State and Markets in an Uncertain World. There's a picture of the cover of the book on the screen there uh, by uh, Dr. Samuel Craig. And uh, check it out. I think you'll find it to be uh, pretty informative. Dr. Craig, good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Harry, you're very, you're very for having me on. It's always good, good to be with you. Yeah, you're very insightful. We'll have you back many times. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you. Okay. You too. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.